0: Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest night's adventures through the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15 plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S T A R Y music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most of the places you get music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two? You wouldn't mind tossing in the podcast tip jar? Please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Music Podcast. Also, considering helping get the word out on the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, and or tell a friend or two happy thought of the day is by Jason Isabel there are so few people that wake up every day and go do something that they don't dread I'm very lucky thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry music podcast enjoy Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 244. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the BDL Club. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you on a scorching hot day here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, My old man was admitted to Regent's Hospital yesterday, battling some pretty serious health issues. Staying positive, hoping to get a few more miles out of him week's gigs wrap-up. Thursday, Brian K. Johnson and myself rocked out our first official Back to B-Dale duo show, redid our set to give things more of a blues rocker feel, and got over huge. Also been incorporating more of my original material as of late, and folks are getting familiar with it and requesting it. Saturday, the Mark Sterry duo got back on a saddle with our monthly rotation gig at Eagle Lounge in Fox Creek, Wisconsin. Great to see so many of the folks that supported my Live at 605 show during quarantine. was fun also to rock a little Mustang Sally for old time's sake with owner and previous podcast guest Jimmy Upcoming shows. Weather dependent on this week's show again since Minnesota isn't fully open yet so holding off and promoting possible Pub 42 and b shows but we're supposed to play Vanelli's this Saturday from 530 to 830 p.m. also playing a Father's Day lunch show at Mickey Joe's mix up on Sunday June 21st from noon to 3 p.m. is part two of two with Nashville singer-songwriter Stephanie Lambring. We talk recovering from writing songs specifically for others. Her new songs, Little White Lie, Mr. Wonderful, and more. Enjoy the conversation.
1: For a while I have believed that we could do it Playing house, playing nice to your group. Now it's on oh my God
0: When I did all the songwriter stuff and and publishing stuff, it kind of ruined my confidence too to talk about something we talked about earlier. And I had a really hard time finding my voice again and not trying to write... To put myself over to some publisher, try to write songs for a genre music I wasn't really even listening to anyway. And I know it really screwed me up for a while. Like, oh my God, if I don't do this, then they'll rip on it. If they don't, this will never be a hit. And it screwed with my confidence. Did you ever have any run ins with that as you were going on to start your own album?
2: Oh my gosh, did I ever? I mean, that, I think when you're a creative of any type, one of your battles is crippling self-doubt. I think that is part of it, but I definitely had that. Like I remember having a meeting um, with my publisher or with one of the people at the publishing company. And she told me that whenever I signed there, um, like I was writing, I was writing good songs, but whenever I signed there, I was knocking their socks off. So then I was just like, as in like, now I'm not you know? And so that was kind of, um, it was kind of demoralizing, honestly. Um, and so I had to take, I had to take a hard break, but yeah, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Just getting part of just getting, feeling like you're knocked down and out of confidence. And part of that, for me it was on myself with the pressure I put on myself and just like all the negative voices. You just have to, you have to learn how to deal with those. And I think that they never fully go away. Yeah. So that's happy news.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very, very happy. So, so putting out your first album since that time, that has to feel good. Like you fought the demons and now you're going to see your vision through and people seem to really like it. So that's gotta be a good feeling.
2: Yeah, it feels it feels really good. Um, just writing the the kind of songs I love to write, without worrying if they're too sad or not cuttable, and just there's so much freedom in that. And then putting that together in a way that is sonically how you want them to be represented. There, it, there's something just so um, freeing and powerful about it. It just feels right.
0: Yeah. What put the, what put the idea in your head to start writing and compiling and recording songs for your new album autonomy?
2: Well, I, um, so, so after my, uh, after I left my publishing deal at carnival, I didn't write songs for about um, for a year. I didn't write anything. And I had a, um, one of the regulars at the restaurant where I work, He knew we had written together once before, and he would, he came in a lot and would check in with me with how I was doing, with and would ask me if I was writing anything. And then one day he said to me, Anybody can write a song in two weeks. Whenever you write something you love, send it to me. Here's my email. So I went home and I wrote for two weeks, the song that I needed to write to, um, you know, unlock the writer's block or whatever you want to call it, my own block.
0: <laughs> Exercise the demons. Yeah,
2: exactly. And, um, it, and I wrote a song called daddy's disappointment, which is the, it's going to be the first song on the album. And, um, that's kind of, uh, after that I wrote gradually and then life just unfolded. I I was playing a a writer's round and the guy that ended up being my producer was there and um, we met, hit it off, and then we spent probably seven or eight months working on the record, mostly the two of us. So it, it, it all happened organically and slowly. It wasn't like I wrote this song and I was like, well, I'm writing a record now. I just started writing the kind of songs I loved again, the kind of songs I love again. And um, everything just kind of happened after that.
0: After fishing in the boat, working on the yard and flipping burgers on the grill. An evening summer cocktail is always in order, and I think border bourbon from 45th Parallel is perfect to scratch that itch. 45th Parallel is a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka to producing dozens of different spirits, including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy, slow fermentation, slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is to create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out 45thParallelDistillery.com for hours and more information. So if you're looking for a quality alcoholic beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite local musicians, try a 45th Parallel Distillery product, you won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> I was reading a little bit about some of the songs I haven't heard yet, like Daddy's Disappointment. What's that about? Because I was going to ask you about Daddy's Disappointment and Joy of Jesus. Like just like these all <laughs> <long> songs. <laughs> um,
2: the Daddy's Disappointment is is kind of about well, it, it's a dynamic of my between my dad and myself. My parents are very supportive of my music career. Um, and I kind of felt pressure that I had to do music. So that kind of fits in the dynamic of it. And it was kind of confusing whenever I was doing music for a living, like, who am I doing this for? You know? Um, so that, that song kind of goes into my dynamic in that sense. And then also my dynamic with the music industry and, me making like, and waiting tables and like what that looks like. And is that disappointing my family who wants me to be doing music and is supportive. And I know so many friends who's who do music and their parents aren't supportive. So, you know, it's just kind of that. It's a complex song. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So it goes into that. And then, um, Have you played it for your parents yet? Yeah. Um, which I, I was afraid to for a long time. Uh, because I didn't want to hurt my, I didn't want to hurt my dad's feelings or my parents, you know? Uh, but it's ended up being freeing for me to, for me to sing it. Like, I think like the older I get and the more I understand where they're coming from, like they just want. They pushed me, you know, like I've always had high expectations and I think I understand that more now, but it kind of took me processing the song, like writing the song to process it more fully. And it's been healing that I can play it out now and like, and still ride in the car home with them, you know, after a show. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they are my number one fans. They are, which is an awesome thing.
0: That's great. Um, is your dad oh, yeah sorry, what's j- no is your dad buddies with john mellencamp
2: <laughs> no <laughs> and i don't mean that in a weird way i think he's worked with like my dad's an attorney and i think he's worked with various members of the mellencamp family but um but a Lambring tombstone is in one of john mellencamp's videos <laughs>
0: Just which one? So you know. you, Why I mean, as he, for the he, listeners that don't know? Uh, Stephanie's from Seymour, Indiana, which is where John Cougar Mellencamp is from and lives still, doesn't he?
2: He lives in Bloomington um, or near Bloomington. I, that's where his main house is, but which is where Indiana University is. But the song's called "Rain on the Scarecrow." That's really? what I was thinking. There, I went to school with lots of Mellencamps. That yeah, there's a huge mural of him now in my hometown too at the. Um, on the, uh, in the guitar store where I, you know, where I took guitar lessons or, in, you know, music store where I took guitar lessons.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I had to throw the Mellencamp reference in there somewhere. Um, you you know? have to. I know. <laughs> so joy of Jesus. Yeah. What's that about? So,
2: Joy of Jesus um, is going to be confusing to some to the church people that I grew up with. Um,
0: You think I wrote (laughs) one?
2: Yeah, Joy of Jesus. I wrote that one amidst me kind of wrestling with the faith that I was brought up in. Uh, a friend of mine. You know, I have all these questions and anxiety around it. And I was having brunch with a good friend of mine, and she told me about. Um, who, uh, she told me about someone harassing her on Twitter. She's a musician. She had a song about a one-night stand. Some man was harassing her, and then she looked him up, and it was. Um, it it was like, Trump Pence 2016 conservative Christian and that kind of I was like, well there's my first verse. <laughs> Cause it <laughs> because it was him shaming her but then like using his you know, using Christianity as the weapon. Um it was really interesting. And wow. then Yeah. So that's just that's just the first verse. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the song that it's the song that has typically gets the strongest reaction in both good and bad ways.
0: Wow. Like I've gotten
2: I get angry emails after shows about that song sometimes. Really? Yeah. It's but it's not about I mean when you hear it like I hope that when people hear it they get the spirit of that I'm tr- like not the holy spirit. Well, maybe the holy spirit, I don't know. I hope that they get the heart of the message it's not about Trump. It's, it's just about like the pain that the church can cause. Wow. And it's, and it's called joy of Jesus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome.
2: My hometown church is probably, they're going to be like, Oh, Stephanie has this nice song out now. And it's going to be like, Oh, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. My parents
2: are nervous about that one.
0: Do you think this will be your most controversial song you've ever written? Yes. Because you have two you have one record lonely to alone, right? Is there anything as heavy on that as this? No. Wow. Not
2: even not even
0: close. Okay. So you're kind of known for writing sad songs. So that's your <laughs> yeah. that's your anti-God song. <laughs> or well, no, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. What do you think is your absolute saddest song you've ever wrote? And so I was looking at your stuff like you have the song called Sober. I watched you on that video, that Worth Repeating documentary, and you have that song Sober and another song called Nothing. It's like these really heavy subject matter. What do you think will be like Stephanie Lambring, the writer of these sad songs, Americana, these poetic sad songs, what is the saddest one?
2: Um, Probably... Probably my song, well, okay, probably my song, Birdsong Hollow, or Old Folks Home. Old Folks Home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: Is that pre-corona, or is that, you wrote that during-corona?
2: <laughs> I wrote it, oh my gosh, I know, I wrote it a, co- uh, a couple years ago, but yeah, it's, a. Uh, it's it's a hard one like i have friends that skip both of those songs old folks home and birdsong hollow <laughs> but yeah i mean if if you it's like my music is definitely a niche like it's not for i'll play a show and people will say i think you need a hug <laughs> and i'm like yeah i mean i get it i yeah it's it's a. Uh, it's not for everyone, you know. It's definitely, if you want to take a deep dive into some human experience, definitely.
0: Is your music more intended for people with teeth or without teeth?
2: <laughs> I'd say probably more so with teeth.
0: I would say so, too. Just to keep it simple for us folks here in the Twin Cities and the Midwest.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be my new Instagram bio.
0: <laughs> music <laughs> Writing for music. Yeah people with teeth. My family's been through some tough times with some health issues this week and driving back and forth to hospitals. It helps take the edge off stressful situations knowing I have a reliable vehicle to get me where I need to go. And that's exactly what I got with my black Jeep Cherokee I got from I.D. Chrysler, Pine City, Minnesota. When 250,000 miles of my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take, I found myself looking for my new dream ride at I.D. Chrysler, Pine City, and the staff could have been more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at idcdjr.com or take the beautiful drive up 35 to 715 Northridge Court, Northwest, Pine City, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Friday and Saturday, 8 to 5 p.m., closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Pine City today. Enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. Um, so I've been really digging your songs, Mr. Wonderful and Little White Lie. And so and I was going through your the 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 new video for Little White Lie. It's absolutely beautiful. And I read along with the lyrics, and I was I that's some really good songwriting. So when you put like my favorite line on that is that that damn damn cabaret stain you could never get off, that whole part, the end of the song. (laughs) Yeah. Like, who are your like inspirations that write like that, like that poetic and that heavy and that so, like, you paint it, like verbally paint this song? Who would yeah. be like it's lyrical influences and how did you come about with that song?
2: Well, thank you for saying that, first of all. Um, in, influence wise, I love Lori McKenna. She has such a direct beautiful poetic way of writing. So she's definitely one of my influences.
1: Always stay humble and kind. Patty Griffin,
2: um, I love, love, love Jason Isbell. Oh my gosh. Like I love his I love a direct line. Um yeah, I'd say those that uh Chris Knight somewhat, he's I don't know if you've heard of him but of Americana. Course. Yeah. Um yeah. I grew up I grew up on that stuff, all of it. I, I mean minus Jason Isbell, he came I've grown up as an adult with his stuff. Um yeah. I'd say that uh the inspir as inspiration lies for this song. I actually had the idea while I still had my publishing deal at carnival. Um, but I, I was so kind of zapped of energy, creative energy at that point that I knew I couldn't write it then. And I knew I didn't want to, I knew I wanted to write it by myself. So I never shared it in my co-writing appointments. Um, so I just had that idea for years and I wanted to do it right. And that was probably like the, that was probably the second song that I wrote in my, once I started writing again,
0: it was, like, I when I first heard it, I think I listened to it, like, or Copper the Wonder Golden Eye, I, when I was driving in the car home from a gig, I think I listened to it, like, three or four times, trying to, like, process the whole thing. Yeah. And I perform at a lot of weddings and stuff, for better or for worse. And I see all that interaction that you're talking about, and you wonder if, like, this is a big deal, like, if, if there is any regrets going on. You see them doing shots in the church thing, and you wonder if the... Br- like, it was just so vivid, and the and how it was produced and recorded and sung was just so haunting and thick and heavy. It just really, like my old uh, accordion buddy used to say, hit me right here in the cigarettes, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So where did you get, so you just had the idea of an unhappy woman that's going to get married or how did you get through this one?
2: Well, I think part of, I mean, part of it, honestly, is it is my anxieties about getting married and like that pressure to find the one, yeah. you know, like having, being with people in the past who wanted to get married and, you know, just having that, like, you feel like society tells you like, that's how it is. So part of it is my like anxieties that I've channeled from getting married. Part of it is like, um, just seeing other people's painful experiences and just notice it, you know, as a writer and, and you, you can relate to this, you're observing different things and like the taking shots and you have, and sometimes like for me, I'm always wondering like all the different angles. And I'm like, why are you drinking? Especially because I'm like, I would be anxious on this day. So it's really easy for me to go there and examine like those kind of angles. Um, yeah. And, and like, I've had, I know people that, Felt pressure. I have a huge heart for like the gay community, like people that got married to someone of the opposite sex because of pressure. You mm-hmm. know, like that kind of situation went through my head too. And um,
0: it seems yeah. so personal. Like even you're talking about good thing they didn't have kids, and it's like what people say. Well, it people was say so, that.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, I had like whenever I was writing it, I had this word web because I had all these pictures that I wanted to incorporate and phrases that you hear. And so I just had this word web, and I was like, okay, how can these all work together? And um, it, it definitely was trial and error. Like, I remember one night, like, the night that I finished it, I edited, I added, like, two lines or something. Or I finished, like, the last chorus, and I played it at the Bluebird that night. And, like, I've done that. I did the same thing for Joy of Jesus. I finished, I had, like, the, I was playing the Bluebird. I was like, I'm going to debut it. And so it kind of gives you that last oomph to get it done and um yeah that's that kind of that was the seal for that one wow yeah
0: aren't you not supposed to do that didn't we learn that at the workshops like like you're not (laughs) supposed to do that like the like the three what what they taught us was the three best songs of all time one is uh amazing grace the other one is let it be and the third one is that song i just wrote this morning
2: Uh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, but the hell
0: with them. Who care? I've done the same, not the Bluebird, but I've done that before. So that's a spectacular. Who did the video for you?
2: Um, her name is Iris DeTour, and she is incredible. I mean, holy cow! Just her. She did a video for. She did a lyric video for Mr. Wonderful too, and um, I just posted an insta. I was on my Instagram stories, and I was like, I need because with quarantine. And me needing more, like we switched up the single order. We were gonna do Joy of Jesus first, but then decided the climate was not right for that, like with all <laughs> everything going on. So I and I have a video for that. So I was kind of scrambling, and I was like, "Does anyone know someone that can do an artsy lyric video for me?" And then she came up, and she just gets it. She, I mean, her work on Mr. Wonderful was incredible and then little white lie blew me away with how she and her sister helped her with little white lie just they used all this stock footage to stock images and stock footage to put it together and i still like i still get something new out of it whenever i watch it's a lot to like to take in a lot of symbolism
0: the house on fire is my favorite oh my
2: gosh i know that was so powerful
0: Um, yeah wow what a neat video and and mr wonderful video is awesome too yeah so when you're recording this stuff what's like what do you you approach whoever's who first of all who's tracking it like where you're recording it at
2: so this record i um recorded at creative workshop studio it's in barry hill in nashville uh, which is kind of like a new well i don't know if it's new but it's it has a music row vibe because there's so many studios there now um, but I so I, I recorded it there with Teddy Morgan, who's my producer.
0: And so, did you approach him with, like, okay, sonically, I want to have this verbi guitar with the heavy drum? Like, how did you approach artists like sonically producing it?
2: Yeah, well, I knew. I knew I didn't want like a typical Americana sing- sounding album because I I know my songs are sad and they need like I wanted I wanted I didn't want it to drone on you know because yeah. I I feel like my songs <laughs> could go into that category so I knew what I didn't want um, I I really like Phoebe Bridgers and I love the sound of her record so I you know I presented. Some of, some of that, I presented some of Blake Mills, like just sonically. Um, but for most songs, we would go in and I would record guitar to a click track. And I would say, I hear like for a little while, I was like, I want it to be like, sound like a dream. So, I, I mean, it's not the most, like, <laughs> it wasn't like I had this clear idea of what instrument I was just like, I want it to be dreamlike. And, um. Teddy and I, I would record like a, a, a vocal to, or a, sorry, guitar track to a click guitar to a click track. And then we would kind of fill in from there. Like we had drums put on after we had most of the track already done, which was kind of an interesting way to do it. Um,
0: I want to tell you all one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B, and Dale's motto is, a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is the truth. The food at T-Bird's Cafe and Takeaway is always spectacular. It was so nice getting back to play a duo show at B-Dale last week, and even being able to go inside. Even if only a few customers can be in at a time, it's better than nothing cuz Rob, Natalie, Shelley and the entire bar staff are all state of the art cocktail wizards. I've been told that I've been talked about in these podcast ads, The Wallers Woodhill Cocktails, our sunlock hotcakes, karaoke, live music, pool table, pool tabs, bingo nights, bocce ball tournaments and much much more. B Dale's Got It All. Stop by for a cold one soon.
2: But we I mean, we put a lot of love and a lot of care into each and every track and what it needed and like taking away from it. We spent a lot of time just working on that.
0: Uh, it sounds incredible. When you, are you, when you track, do you take a lot of, cause I, you, you have, you could sing the phone book as they used to say, you have a wonderful <laughs> singing voice. I remember the first time I heard you sing whatever, but uh, do you take a lot of takes when you're in the studio? Or are you like a one take and you're done? Do you, do you like, uh, piece it to sing a couple of them then piece it together what's your style in the studio
2: it kind of depends um i i am pretty far from a one and done though (laughs) i will say that (laughs) um i I think i have a little bit too much perfectionist in me but then i try to like not let that take over usually gosh it, it totally depends on the song sometimes i would sing a verse over and over and over and like we would get in the right and then keep most of the verse. Sometimes I would do line by line. Um, sometimes a whole, yeah. Sometimes I would do a whole chorus and it mostly sounded good, but man, we needed to grab three notes of that. And so it, I would say our approach was more meticulous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've been doing that too. I would like re- sing a bunch of times, pick my favorite one and then do the flub notes, pull it from a different take. If it fits, that's what I've been. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so before we do so can you tell us about the song Mr. Wonderful where that came from and the story behind that song?
2: Yeah, so um I was in a I was in quite the relationship, I guess you would say. Um in my late 20s, I met somebody who seemed who seemed like he was everything I ever wanted and was pretty much immediately swept up in that and then it kind of turned to jealousy real quickly, him pressuring me to get married all the time, like that. i probably channeled some of that into little white. Actually, I channeled a lot of that into little white lie. Um, (laughs) But like that was his focus. When can we get married? And like it, it, my friends loved him because he was funny and good looking and, you know, all the things that girls want. But then like when we'd come home, like he could never be without me. And that's suffocating for me. I'm an only child. I love my space. and um, But I found myself, like, craving my alone time, but just I, I didn't have it anymore, and I wasn't speaking up for myself. So, anyway, that's just a fraction of it. Um, but it came it, – I was in a controlling relationship, and um, thankfully got started going to therapy because of anxiety around that. And so um, it was quite – an interesting dynamic. It was, you know, you meet someone and when everything is great, people do say, Oh, too good to be true. But this is different. Like when they check all the boxes that like a romance movie would depict as the ultimate, it's hard to think that that's bad. Um, and it's not bad necessarily, but I I had no idea of that. I had no idea about that kind of personality. And, um, yeah, so writing that song kind of helped me make sense of it in hindsight.
0: So you lived through that pretty much, that song?
2: Um, pieces of it, like, it never got physical for me.
0: Oh, my um, God. Yeah, oh.
2: thankfully. I think it would have if I had stayed. Piece, most of it is my experience. Some of it I gleaned Artistic from... Artistic
0: license uh, or whatever?
2: Yeah, some of it I, like, from other... Some of it I gleaned from friends experiences like close friends of mine that had
0: similar things happen okay that's yeah when you when this album comes out and your your mom takes it to the church and seymour or whatever like they look at the t- the tracks like oh this is just gonna be beautiful joy of jesus and mr Mister, mr. that sounds just wonderful i can't wait to listen to this one and also it's just these brutally heavy subject matter I, I
2: because i am like my songs are heavy but i consider myself like a joy-filled person uh but i think like i used to say i'm a happy person but i write sad songs and i would get defensive about it like when that one publishing lady said you're sad and but the reality is like i'm I am sad and I'm happy and like we all have these happiness and sadness. They're so superficial, you know, those are fleeting emotions. Um, But yeah, it's definitely, it's a heavy album. And I think that it's probably not what people that know me now, like they're like, Oh yeah, that's you. But people that uh, people that know me from Stephanie that grew up, in Seymour, Indiana, and you know in Jackson County, I think it's kind of like, "Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> dark, but you know that's awesome. we all we're all multifaceted, we all have a lot of layers.
0: absolutely, so when does yeah. this come out october twenty third or something
2: Yes. Yeah, very good.
0: <laughs> okay, I even had that written down. I just remembered that. So, October 23rd is to be on iTunes. You can download it and you'll keep like on your Facebook page or what's, what's oh, your yeah. Facebook or websites. So people want to look you up. I've, already, yeah. I've been texting my friends your stuff. I think listeners are going to love your stuff.
2: Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, my my Facebook is just Stephanie Lambring Music. Um, and my, I, No one ever seems to look at that one, but it's there. Mine either. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I don't know why I keep doing it. But my Facebook is Stephanie Lambring Music. And Instagram is a good place. Like, that's my favorite platform. It's just Stephanie Lambring on there. And my YouTube is just Stephanie Lambring. My Twitter is SW Lambring because my name's too long for Twitter. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So Very
0: cool. Well, before we we wind this up... For our listeners that wonder, first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for talking about your experiences through the songwriting world in Nashville and your, your journey to this new record, Autonomy. I can't wait to hear the whole thing. It's great to catch up with you again and see you again. So uh, thanks so much for being on the show. But we gotta, I got to ask you one typical Nashville question thing here before we go. Okay. So you're saying all the folks that you met working at your other job. And I, when I was down there, I worked on their office, whatever, back and forth, like 10, 12 years, whatever it was. And I met some interesting celebrities. Can you share? What do you think is your most interesting celebrity spotting or experience being in Nashville?
2: Most interesting. I don't have one like from the wild, but from me waiting tables, I have a couple just like, Small I've small stories, but one that, that is coming to mind since you mentioned it is uh Faith Hill and Tim McGraw were at the restaurant. It's your
1: love. It just does something to me. It sends a shock right through me. I can't...
2: And we were talking about, you know, they were making their order and we have some excellent Brussels sprouts. And then as everyone should know, um, and they were talking about said Brussels sprouts and then Faith Hill starts joking about Brussels sprouts farts. And I'm like, and And so I'm just thinking like, what is my life now? I'm back in, I'm, I am joking with Faith Hill and Tim McGraw about farts from Brussels sprouts. So there you go. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that qualifies. Brussels sprouts, farts. That should be the title of your next album. <laughs> yeah,
2: my next album is going to be a comedy album.
0: Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great to see you. Great to talk to you again. Good luck with everything. Congratulations on living through this music scene and coming out on the good side. Appreciate it. And uh, hope you're doing good. Thanks.
2: Thanks, Mark. Thanks
1: for having me. For a while. playing house, playing nice till we group grew it Now it's all
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Starry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the b Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast. So if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs also if you get a chance please go check out some live music somewhere it could be a great and worthwhile experience life is short go have some fun till next time
1: I said it was the happiest day of my life then I slipped into the Sunday school room and cried I was praying they were happy And I'd be all right. There's nothing wrong with a little white light. I poke. With all